Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Grateful Deborah Evans. Good morning. Good morning, grateful. Happy Saturday to you as well. Good morning. Anybody else call in that would like to take the time to say good morning? Anybody else? Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory on this morning. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we thank him on this morning for his grace and his mercy for allowing us the opportunity to wake up again one more time. God, we thank you for everything that you do for us. We take nothing for granted on this morning. Continue to watch over us and keep us a God. According to Ephesians 6 and 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication. So we thank you, oh God, for this morning. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your grace on this morning. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Who's that? Who's that? And who's that? On this Saturday morning. Good morning. Good morning, Sister Sylvia. Happy Saturday. Good morning, Sister Sylvia. Happy Saturday to you as well.
Good morning. Good morning. Anybody else want to say good morning? I woke up this morning with my mind set on Jesus. Thank you, God. That you are way making a miracle work and a promise keeper. morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Good morning. It's Susie. Good morning, Susie. Good morning. Thank you. How are you? I am doing well on this Saturday morning. Grateful for another day to be amongst the living. I have so much gratitude in my attitude on this morning, and I'm just grateful. No matter what happens or what situations we find ourselves in, we just give some praise. Amen. Amen. I'm glad to hear that you're very, very happy. God is good. I have one of my children that says, God is good all the time. Or not my grandchildren, I should say. <laughs> hmm. He is. He is good all the time. Not sometimes. Not every now and again. All the time. The fact that he wakes us up, um, that we're here on this morning, oh, we just, you know, we're graced with his mercy on this Saturday morning. And that's just such a blessing yes. um, just to wake up and breathe, you know, yes. especially okay. when you're at home with no mask on. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> yeah, God is good. Awesome. We're so... We're so blessed, you know. Mhm. Yeah. This whole month of grace has just been such an amazing blessing. Yeah. And when you listen to all the declarations that went forth up until present, it's just um, all the stuff that has been given in the uh, word and scripture. And it's just like, wow, this, this word is just powerful. And every day we have, we're evolving to be better and striving to be better just one day at a time. Amen. And this uh, call has really got me through a lot. I've been on the call since it first started, and uh, it's been amazing in my life. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's an understatement. I can identify with that feeling, and I'm pretty sure (laughs) a lot of people can attest to that. Dion is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful woman. Yes, she is. Good morning. Good morning. Anybody else would like to chime in and say good morning? Good morning. I made it. This is Cynthia. Good morning, Cynthia. Welcome this morning. Good morning. (sighs) Anybody else like to take the time to say good morning? That's okay. You can continue. Just put your phone on mute and listen. You will definitely be blessed. Good morning, Monica. Happy Saturday. Good morning, Monica. Happy Saturday to you as well. Thank you.
Good morning. Anybody else like to take this time to say good morning? Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Anybody else like to say good morning? Good morning. This is Juanita. Good morning, Miss Juanita. Happy Saturday to you. Happy Saturday to you. Thank you. You are welcome. Good morning, Tracy. It's Moxie Mona. Good morning. Happy good Saturday. Good morning, Moxie Mona. It's so good to hear your sound. Yes, it's, it's so good to hear yours. I will tell you, I, I set my alarm. I, I knew my, um, my Moses is going to be on this morning. I still got it, you know. Mm-hmm. I said the same oh. thing. I told somebody yesterday, I said, you better make sure you're on the prayer call tomorrow because Moses is going to be giving the word. Yes. Yes, honey. I'm ready. I got my pills yeah. on my bed. I'm ready, baby. Amen. All right. Hey, Anybody else want to say good morning? Good morning. Good morning. Prosperous Pam. Hi, family. Good Happy morning, Saturday. Prosperous Pam. Happy Saturday. Anybody Hi, else? Hi, Tracy. Good morning. Anybody else? Good morning, Sister Tracy. This is Tracy. Happy Saturday. Good morning. Happy Saturday. Anybody else? Okay, it's time to get started with the call. Before we move forward, we ask you to mute your line so that we can proceed. Hello, my name is Tracy and I am your host. Thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Saturday starting at 6 a.m. Pacific time to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Please feel free to invite a friend so that they can be blessed too. Be sure to continue to join us daily during the uh, during May, where our monthly theme is entitled Grace. This means that all of our declarations will be regarding the grace that God has extended to us through Christ, our Savior and Lord. There are no announcements today. The order of the call this morning, prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Moni. The declaration will be brought by Moses. Then we will go right into closing comments hosted by the declarer. I will repeat that. The order of the call will be praise and corporate praise will be brought by Moni. The declaration will be brought by Moses. Then we will go right into closing comments hosted by the declarer. The scripture for today is 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. 
Jesus, oh my God. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his word. At this time, we ask you to put your phones on mute until instructed to come off of mute. So if everybody can take the time just to look down at their phone and uh, utilize your mute feature, we really would appreciate that. We also ask you to remain, we also ask you to maintain your volume and tone on your prayers to a reasonable level to not pray over the prayer warrior's voice as they are leading us to the throne. Thank you for your uh, participation and cooperation. I now pass the call to the prayer warrior, Moni. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Father God. Glory to you. Glory to you. I give you thanks this morning, Father God. We thank you so much for meeting us here, for meeting us here on this line. Thank you for being a rewarder of them that diligently seek you. Today we honor Matthew 6 and 33 that says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Thank you, Father God. We're seeking you right now first. We worship you as an expression of reverence and thanksgiving this morning, today. And we present ourselves to you, Lord, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing. This glorifies you. And is our, our reasonable, our reasonable service, our reasonable service of worship to you, Father God. We draw near to you today. As your word says in James 4 and 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's a promise. And today, right now, Father God, we want to draw near to you. That's why we called, because we want to draw near to you. We ask you, Lord, draw near to us. Father God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart my heart be pleasing to you, O oh Lord, my rock, my redeemer. Holy Spirit, we invite you now. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Your ever-present help, come now and saturate this call. Saturate everyone under the sound of my voice with your presence. Touch them, Holy Spirit. Let them feel you right now as I'm speaking. Let them feel you like never before. Take over. Take over the call. God, make us sensitive to the Holy Spirit. His touch and his voice. God, thank you for another day of life. Thank you for this day right here. This is a day that you have made. You made this day. And we're going to rejoice in it. We're going to be glad in it. No matter what it brings, we're going to stand strong. Because we know that we have the Holy Spirit with us. We know that we have the Holy Spirit within us. You left us the Holy Spirit. And we're going to remember that today. And we can make it one more day. One more day because you left us your spirit. 
Thank you, Father God. God, I ask you to forgive us for our sins. I come on behalf of all of us today on this very call, and I ask you, Father God, to forgive us for our sins. Search us, O Lord, and know our hearts. I ask for clean hands today and pure hearts to be within each and every one of us. God, I want to thank you for your grace, your grace that always takes us the way that we are, but never, never leaves us the same way. Thank you for that grace, Father God, that changes us. I thank you for it now. Acknowledge it now. Thank you, Lord. Lord, your word says, don't be anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving to let our requests be known to you, Father God. So today, I want to lift up everyone under the sound of my voice on this call right now, Father God. You know what each and every one of them is going through. I want to lift them up to the foot of your throne for you to just handle their situation. Take it out of their hands. Show yourself to them. Reveal yourself to them so that they can know that they know that you're there with them. Touch them in a special way, Father God, today. I want to lift up anyone dealing with health issues, specifically health issues. Your word says that you know the plans you have for us, the plans to prosper us and not to harm us, and to give us a hope in the future. Jehovah Rapha, please, I'm asking you now to heal them from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet, Father God. Everyone on the call is going to get healing today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God, for your healing hand, for your healing touch that folks are going to get today. God, I want to specifically lift up mental health and this anxiety. That's not of you. That's not of you. That's something new, Father God. That's not of you. And I ask you to eradicate anxiety and bipolar, Father God. It's becoming a norm. And everybody's thinking, oh, it's normal. It's okay to have two personalities. It's fine. But God, that's not what you want. That's not how you created us. That's unacceptable. That's not of you, Father God. So I, I pray right now that we would all walk with the mind of Christ. I pray the, pray the mind of Christ, the very mind of Christ, is being placed upon everyone, not only us on this call, but those connected to us that are showing signs of anxiety and bipolar, Father God. Get rid of it. There's no room in this world for that. So I, I lift it up right now to heaven, for heaven to open up the floors and pour down healing rain on mental issues and anxiety and bipolar. There's no room for it. And I say no more, no more. And Father God, I want to lift up finances specifically today. Your word says in Genesis 9, I give you everything. That's what you say in your word. And we're reminding you what you say. Let us remember that, Father God. Let us understand how much more valuable we are than the birds than the birds of the world that you feed, Father God. You will provide for our every need. All it takes is a little bit of faith. That's all we need to do on our part. And you will give us everything. And I thank you for that now, Father God. God, I want to lift up this world. I ask you for peace. That peace that surpasses all. Cover the world with your peace. 
and your presence, Father God. There's so much going on in the world right now. We need your peace right now. We need a blanket of peace to be placed upon this earth. Please, Father God, in Jesus' name, pour down peace. We know that whatever we face, you are our peace. You are our refuge. You are our very present help in time of trouble. I thank you for that now, Father God. And Lord, I want to lift up all the children today. It's heavy on my heart. Father God, I pray that that you would protect the children. I'm very big on protection. And God, I'm just... I'm thanking you right now for your protection because you've showed me your protection in so many different ways in all of my 50 years, God. You have showed me so much protection. When I asked, you gave it to me, Father. Freely gave me that protection that I needed. You gave it to me because you know that my heart needed it. And God, there's so many people on this call that want to feel it too. And I, I give it away today. I give away that very protection that God gave me. I'm giving it away today on the call. I thank you for that protection. For the children, for our children, for the children who are connected to us, for our grandchildren. They're all getting protection today, and I thank you for it. I thank you for that, Father God, because I can say that. We can say that. We can speak it because the same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives within me, and I thank you for that, Father God. I thank you that we can, we can speak protection over the children today, keep them safe, free from harm and danger, free from hurt, free from pain. Free from feeling lonely. Free from feeling that they need to be what others were before us. That they need to have bipolar and they need to have anxiety. And they need to follow in the footsteps of of what other people are doing ahead of them. That's not what you want, Father God. You made them special. You made them unique. And I pray that every child connected to us would walk in the fullness of the calling that you have called on their life so that they can be world changers, so that they can go and speak to their environment. God, protect the children and let them be close to you and near to you so that they can change the world too, so that the next generation can clean this world up, Father God. Thank you, Lord. God, I lift up our families, our, our even our enemies, Father God, and our friends. I'm lifting all of them up today, Father God. Let us be instruments of grace, of your grace. Help us to be instruments to them and show them the same grace that you've given us, Father God. Let us be more like you in showing unconditional love to all of them so that we can be a good example of Christians so we can be a good example of what it means to believe in God. Let us not forget that, Father. God, our days can be very busy. Our weeks can, I mean, so much comes upon us that we forget that we're believers. We forget where our strength comes from. We forget where our food comes from. We forget, Father God, because we get too busy. The bills and our job and our boss and our coworkers and our neighbors and our friends and everybody's calling us. And we don't have time for you. But God, I'm here today to tell you that changes today. 
God changed and said, we're going to make room for you. We're going to give you our first fruits. Because we know that's the only way that we're going to make it through our days. If we give you our first fruits, Father God, glory to your name. Glory to your name. God, I lift up Moses right now to you. God, I lift him up to heaven right now so that the highest angels would touch him, would anoint his voice right now in his, his mind, and that every word that would come out from his, his mouth would be dabbed from the very throne of God himself, and he would deliver the message that you have implanted to him to change us, to shape us, to form us, Father God, to show us your glory today, Father God. I thank you now because he's prepared. I thank you, Father God, that, that he's only going to say what you would have him say today. Glory to you, Father God, for that. Glory to you that we belong to you. And when we belong to you, we can trust that you're going to work in and through us when we allow you to, Father God. We allow you to do that today. God, your word says in Psalm 22 that, that you inhabit the praises of your people. We're your people, Father God. We belong to you. Our names are tattooed on your hand. That means we belong to you. So God, we're going to show you right now how much we love you. We're going to open up our mouth and we're going to tell you exactly how we feel about you. So folks, I invite you to give God glory with me right now. Won't you take your phones off of me and tell him, bless him, magnify we thank you that you said the name of Jesus every and we thank you for Thank you for your love. 
Um, but um, I just wanted to say thank you, you know, on behalf of my family and I, I want to say thank you for for accepting me, for for hearing me, for encouraging me, for providing, uh, for helping uh, just everybody that has ever helped me and my family over the last couple of years, whether it's prayer or it was a love offering or it was a, just something, it, it was all crucial and it all came at the right moment that we needed it. Yeah, the craziest things, you know, I've seen God move through this community in powerful ways that I've never seen in any other ministry. I've been a part of a lot of ministries in my life <laughs> um, and I have, I have definitely seen some of the most organic, powerful movements of God come through the people that I've met in this ministry. Um, phone calls, picking people's brains, learning from people, um, getting wisdom, staying on the phone with Dion, learning things, being mentored, um, you know, Andrew, uh, Eric, you know, just a brotherhood friendships that I've developed that I know are going to be my friends for, for life. You know, so many, so many people that have reached out and, and helped our family in tough times, just dark times that we went through. Um, we're just, it's just so, we're so thankful. And I, I can't, I just really can't, I can't put in words the impact that this ministry has had on my life, on what God has, has done for me and through me in ministry and for my family. And so from the bottom of my heart, I want to say thank you. And if this is your first time calling or this is, um, you know, you've been calling every day for years and calling in every day for years. And I just want to say thank you. This, this ministry is, is, it's been, a, it's been a really great thing to be a part of. And I'm, I'm just really honored that I get to share what has happened in my life to, to you guys. So thank you very much for that. I was getting ready this, this week, uh, to, for a message and, you know, depending on the week, depending on what my life's looking like, sometimes it's the Friday night you know, message getting prepared and sometimes it's the week and then sometimes there's like three months in advance and I'm like, I know what I'm going to talk about that day and, you know, I know what I'm going to uh, share on that day and to be honest with you, I kept praying and praying and I knew the theme and I always get those texts from my mom, you know, hey, make sure you, hey, this is the theme, you know, make sure you hit something, do you have something for this theme or you know, kind of questioning and, and asking. And I'm always like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're good. I, I have something, we're all right. And um, I get the same questions everybody else gets. You know, I get the same grilling everybody else gets, you know. But I I think this is probably uh, one of the most important themes, uh, not just for me personally, but one of the most important ways I've seen God show his character is through this theme of grace. It's one of the greatest ways I've shown him define who he is not only in my life but in the life of those around me and which i've learned from i've been able to then go forward and you know apply that to my own life and so what i want to talk about today is not really a message but this is like a something i want to give to everyone something i believe that my life translates into this message and it's been for the last couple of years, I want to kind of talk about a little bit about my testimony and where I came from and what I saw, what, what happened to me that changed my life forever, that put me on this path um, 
got me involved in ministry and and then glued me in to where I never left back because I was very lost. I was very lost and I was very hurt. And I was very, um, oh, you know, I'm going to catch you. I heard some background noise. Somebody closed the door or something right now. Um, if everyone could just, I forgot to say, if everybody could, could check down there their mute ministry button and enable the mute ministry button. I would really appreciate that. Um, I want to share some of where I've come from, where I'm at, because I, I do believe that this can, can bless someone today. And if this is your first time calling in or you maybe haven't called in in a while, um, I just believe that what God wants to talk about today, I believe that he's placed on my heart. And I believe that what we're going to talk about today um, it's probably the main primary message that I, I believe that I'm meant to deliver in life in ministry. Because like I was saying, I, I was, um, when I was, when I was younger, I, I, um, I really drifted away from, from God. And I really, um, I was really lost and I was really hurt and I felt alone. And I was very, 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 um, very sad. It was just a very dark time. It was probably the darkest time of my life was when I truly met God. And I want to talk about that time and the things that happened to me. Um, and today, uh, it's probably going to get real spiritual. <laughs> um, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about some things that I've never shared with people that are outside of my closest family. And, there are things that I want to just preface by saying I don't expect everyone to, to believe. I, I'm, the things I'm going to say today, I don't expect everybody to say, well, yeah, that's, you know, I'm going to provide you biblical examples and I'm going to provide you with, you know, scripture. I believe that scripture, everything we teach, everything we say should always be 100% cross-referenced via scripture. And, and I will provide those things. But I, I do want to preface it by saying, if you don't believe it or you don't believe that these things happened to me, that is perfectly fine. Because prior to them happening to me, I didn't believe that they happened to people. I didn't believe they were real. Or if I heard or watch YouTube videos or seen people on TV or in interviews or like Oprah or, um, you know, like, uh, I, like, I don't know if his name's like Dr. Phil or something like that. You know, people who go on those shows and they have like near death experiences or like, I was in heaven for 23 minutes or I saw hell for 12 minutes or like I saw this or I talked to an angel or like things like that. I would in prior, you know, prior points in my life, I didn't believe in things like that. I, and I, I grew up in the church and I just thought it was all, um, maybe this person was, uh, might've been unstable in some way. I thought that maybe this person maybe, uh, kind of did not have correct parameters and boundaries within their faith and probably had something like uh, maybe like a psychosis or something that was a little bit, but it wasn't until it happened to me when I was 24 that I believed that um, my mind was truly transformed because it wasn't enjoyable. It wasn't something I was happy about for, you know, three weeks and telling people and making YouTube videos about it and talk. It, it, it deeply distressed me. Some of the things I saw, it was very serious. Um, to the point where I didn't talk for weeks. I didn't talk to people. I didn't leave my room. I, it is what changed my entire life. 
and set me on a course. So, and I want to talk about a little bit about that today. And I want to open up about that because I do feel that in accordance with this message and talking about grace, it's, it's very important for me to share what I've been through and the life cycle of my walk with God and the, you know, the maturation of, of, of change of God's grace and how it enables us to become who he has, the destiny that he has for us, the identity he has for us, the character that he has for us. And it happens by way of grace through the events that happen in our life. So that's why I want to talk about those things today and um, be vulnerable, be very transparent. And, and like I said, I understand that a lot of people don't believe in things like that. And I 100% support you in that. If you don't believe in those things, I do believe in those things because I experienced it and I saw it firsthand and I didn't. And I totally understand why you don't, if you don't believe that people have encounters with angels or things like that. And, and, you know, oh, this, this person saw heaven or something like that. And I want to talk about that stuff because I think I'm finally all these years later ready to actually open up about it and talk about that. And I want to preface it by saying, examine everything that I say through a lens of the Bible. Don't take anything that I say at surface value, at word value, or just say, oh, well, I just believe it because I've been listening to this guy talk for the last five years. Um, challenge every word that comes out of my mouth today by taking it up against scripture. I'm going to pray even before I start speaking and that we would, um, that everything, every word that comes out of my mouth today, that it would sit in your spirit for you to accept in a way that God speaks to you in accepting things. So with all that aside and that kind of disclaimer, <laughs> um, I want to talk about the grace that God uses that enables us to grow and the things that happen that aren't really conventional in our life, the way that God brings together all things for his good and the way that God utilizes the adversity, the pain, sorrow in our life and the different crazy things that we go through in a lifetime to bring a greater sense of definition to his character and who he is. Because I believe that that's what it's about. At the end of the day, I believe that everything that we encounter on one side of our salvation, one side of accepting and understanding the cross, is so that we can pretty much begin a journey for the rest of our life to accurately understand and take in everything through a lens of the cross and Jesus dying on the cross to save us. Um, therefore, giving a greater understanding of God's personality, God's identity, who he is, sustaining us through our relationship by his side into eternity. I, I genuinely believe that. And so I want to start off by praying, and then I'm going to start getting into, uh, I, don't, I don't want to call today a message. It's not a message today. This is just me sitting down and talking about where I think we should be as believers, where I think the church should be, and how does grace play a part in that, and how do we continue to grow past wherever we're at right now. And I want to use my story, and I want to use what I've been through to, to share that with you today. So it's not a message today but um, more of a heart share. And this is more of me just being very organic, very vulnerable, and very transparent with you, with the things that have happened to me in my life. So with all good things, let's start with prayer. Father, I thank you, Lord, for today. I thank you um, for perspective. Lord, I thank you for perspective shifts. And I thank you for strengthening pre-existing perspective, Lord. But I thank you that we do all of that, all of that turns on your word, Lord, on your, on, on your spoken word, Lord on the cross 
and on the fact that Jesus Christ died for our sins. Lord, everything revolves around that truth. Lord, and I thank you that we can build our identity upon that sacrifice. Thank you that we can encourage one another on top of that sacrifice. Lord, I thank you that we can grow together as your children, as a family, as children of God, under the understanding, Lord, that your love has been the greatest qualifying factor. Your love has been the most powerful changing factor. Your love, Lord, is the one thing that makes this entire existence go around, that powers every single thing that's holding us up right now, every single thing that we see right now, and all of the hope that we have inside of us comes from your great love, Lord. And I ask that that love be the lens and the filter that everything is received in today, whether it's love, life, and victory after this, or whether it's the message right now. And I just thank you for that, Father. I thank you that you dwell among us, Lord. I said you guard each one of our hearts, Lord, that you prepare us and, and help us to hear everything that we need to hear today to apply to our lives, Father. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. So about, um, man, maybe it probably starts about 12 years ago, 13 years ago. I was just leaving the house for the first time and I had grown up in church, was on worship. I was always on the worship team. I feel like from as early as I can remember, I was on the worship team. And that was my area. That was what I wanted to do. I love music. I grew up loving music. And a, and a lot of you know bits and pieces of my testimony, but I don't think I've ever really laid it out like this. But Because I've used different portions of it to give different messages. And um, I loved God so much. I loved what I understood. I, I, I understand a lot of, um, like, uh, Christian church nationalism, if you can, because I understand that a lot of people equate that with family. And I think that's truly what it represents. I think in a lot of ways it represents family because the Bible is about reconciliation. It's about marriage and it's about family. It's about being reconciled. I think we're all the prodigal son as an entire species. And I grew up understanding that because I saw how I felt love for the first time in the church. Not just love as in, um, you know, my parents didn't love me or anything. My parents totally loved me growing up. But I think I felt a sense of belonging for the first time in church. And that was great. And that always stuck with me. But when I was 18 is when I think real life started because I was no longer in this little fenced area, but I started to walk out of the gate for the first time. And that was the time that I joined the military and I saw how harsh the world could be. And I saw how cold the world could be. And I started to see things that um, I had never really felt before. Fear, anxiety, stress, um, panic. You know, I, I ended up in the hospital for the first time from a anxiety attack or panic attack or anxiety attack um when i was like 19 18 i lived alone i was in a very very high stress job in, in the military a very dangerous job and a very high stress job and i was in that job for four years and i traveled around a lot um and it led to me not the job or the military but the way i handled that stress is that it led me to alcoholism and I was uh, very, very deep in alcoholism. I was partying. I was very promiscuous. I was, I was trying to cope with pain and hurt and stress in the ways that the world teaches you to cope with those things. And it's either through somebody for the night or it's through a bottle of alcohol or it's through some kind of pain or hurt uh, being self-medicated. And I, as many of you probably can relate to that, probably in a different area, maybe 
locally, maybe maybe not in, in the military. And so that created a very, very dark. See, what, what, what a lot of people don't tell you is that you have spiritual gifting automatically right from the get-go. I was seeing crazy things as a kid spiritually with my gifting. I, um, I was seeing things like before they would happen, like as a seven-year-old. Like I could, I could like see somebody and I can tell you accurately things that happened from their past as like when I was like five. Um, I, I just could, I didn't know where, what it was. I didn't fully understand it. Um, and I, um, real quick, I, I want to actually just switch over headphones. I'm sorry, I'm getting uh, some some uh, feedback with with these current headphones. So if you just give me five seconds, I'm just unraveling uh, some headphones real quick. Sorry, just give me five seconds. Okay, I'm back. I'm sorry about that. I was using um, the headphones I had near me. They're not good, but I'm on better ones now. So, um, you know, that was a very... Uh, having spiritual gifting going into that lifestyle was not good because um, you, you still are yourself foundationally, but being in a dark environment, you're going to see a lot of crazy things. And I started to see really crazy things. Um, very crazy stuff started happening. Um, I believe I believe they were demonic attacks, and it was very it was very bad. And I was drifting away from my God given destiny, who I was called to be. And I was I was very far. I mean, to the point where I was, you know, on a hotel room, completely drunk out of it on the other side of the country, on the East Coast, you know, calling my parents at two or three in the morning, just telling them I didn't want to live anymore. And I didn't understand at the time um, what I was going through. I didn't understand um, the consequences of my decisions. I didn't understand the stress that I was putting on my parents. And as a parent, you can probably imagine what it feels like knowing waking up at two or three in the morning beyond being on the phone with your child, your grown adult child, who's completely drunk telling you they don't want to live anymore. If you can imagine the fear that is in a parent's heart in that moment. Um, that was the life that I was going through. That's what I, that's what I went through. And so because I had a God given destiny in the midst of that darkness, crazy things were starting to happen. And I started to, as I started to come back home and towards the end of my time in the military, I was constantly, just constantly experiencing really bad things, um, very scary things. I, I would hear a slam downstairs. I would be home alone at my house um, and I would just go downstairs and all the windows and doors were open. Um, just like like just absurdly open like there's just no way that could have happened and every single thing in the house thrown around tvs turning on on their own stereos turning on their own and it, and i knew that i was just 
I was just scared of where my life was going. I was scared of these things that were happening. And I would just continue to go deeper and darker into this dark path. I was, I would get to the point where if I wasn't drinking, I would start to shake. So I was drinking every day. And then every day turned into right as I got home. And, um, you know, it originally started partying on the weekends and drinking socially. And then it got really bad and it, and it mutated. And, and then I got home and I started having these really, really dark things happen while I was at home. And, and I would constantly wake up and I would see somebody standing over my bed and it wasn't nice. It wasn't, it wasn't good. It was very dark. Um, calling my name and I would hear things outside my window. It was, it was bad. Then I started, when I got home, I started turning to getting high to, um, out of the military, you know, no, no drug tests anymore. So I started getting high every day, all day, constantly from sun up to sundown to just self-medicate to just get through something I was running from and something, you know, and I, and I didn't know what it was. I had never experienced anything that I knew of that, that would lead me to self-medicate this way. And I was ultimately, I was running from God. And during the military when I stopped going to church, I stopped doing a lot of those things and, It was at this time that I was very alone. I had just got out of a very bad, toxic relationship at that time. And for the first time in my life, I started to really, truly um, try to find God. And it was really bad. It was really dark. I wasn't leaving my room for uh, days on end. I was uh, self-quarantining years before people were, were doing it. That was the thing, you know, and I did that every day, just dark room, sleeping for 16 hours. I mean, you know, my mom could tell you it was bad. And it all changed one day when she gave me, I was, I was staying with them. I couldn't afford to be on my own. And um, it was really bad. I wasn't going anywhere. I wasn't. I wasn't eating, I wasn't doing any, I was just in a dark room for all day, getting high all day. And um, it all changed when she gave me three verses. And she, and randomly, and we weren't really, my mom had just started to um, to kind of, uh, we, we weren't going to church as a family, we weren't doing anything like that. And I, I was so shocked that she gave me three verses and said, I have a word for you because that, that was terminology and verbiage. I hadn't heard in a long time, in a long, long time. And, um, I was like, okay, okay. So I, I went into her room and I kind of sat at her bed and I still remember that day and her window was open. It was such a beautiful day. And, um, she was writing down, sitting on her bed and she was writing down stuff on a piece of paper and like highlighting it. And I, I to this day still have, those exact papers and I have pictures of them and I've highlighted them and all these things because if it wasn't for my mom um, giving me those three verses that day, I truly can't tell you where I would be today. I truly don't know where I would be today. Um, it was very, very bad where I was at and I had lost the will to do anything. 
And those verses woke me up and they pulled me out of such a dark place. And I didn't understand who God was until I saw that he was personal. And I think that that's what changed everything because, you know, for me, when I read these verses, I didn't understand what they truly meant at first. And, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just give you a heads up. It's very hard for me to read these verses without getting emotional uh, because they're just not words to me. You know, and I think that that's been one of the biggest transforming factors in my life is that, uh, you know, the Bible just isn't words to me anymore. It's a very personal relationship. It is a very, uh, it's a very personal challenge, you know, for me to, to personal challenges for me to get through. Uh, so it was very personal when I had this message from God because he, he pulled me from such a dark place. And uh, the first verse, that she gave, and she, and she was very, very serious about this. She was like, <laughs> she, I remember she was like, you need to read them in this order. And I was like, what is that? I was thinking in my head, what does that even matter? You know, what does that matter? And she was like, it's these three verses in this order that you need to read in this order. And like just clarifying things and explaining stuff to me. And I'm just like super strung out and just like, bags under my eyes and like hadn't eaten in days and just like oh okay and so i and i didn't think anything of it like i i just was like come to just read these verses i'm gonna go back and the very first verse was jeremiah 31 verse 3. long ago the lord said to israel i've loved you my people with an everlasting love with unfailing love i have drawn you to myself and then the second verse that I was supposed to read in that order, I'm going to read them in the order, was Isaiah 41, verse 10. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. And then the final verse was one that I needed to do a lot of digging on and research on. and in that research is where everything started. I'm going to get to that right now. It was first Kings chapter three, verse 12. I will give you what you ask for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has had or ever will have. And I will also give you what you did not ask for riches and fame. No other king in all the world compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me and obey my decrees and commands as your father David did, I will give you a long life. And none of those made sense to me. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't really know who any of them were. You know what they meant. And it kicked off my it kicked off my um intrigue. And I started to get high and then read the Bible. And then I would sit out there in the garage for hours and hours and, and just combing over. I started buying different Bibles and different translations and all these websites and my lap, laptop had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of documents and notes. And I had, I was filling up notepads so fast because I would sit there and just focus and read. And then like, I would take a break and like smoke a cigarette or like, you know, do something and like 
and then I would I would get back into it. And then eventually I knew that I can quit getting high and then just out of nowhere, just stop doing it. And then eventually I didn't feel like I needed cigarettes anymore. And so I just stopped smoking cigarettes. And then eventually it was just me and my Bible and my laptop and my, my notes out there. And I loved it. And I would spend hours and hours and hours. I would write as early as the morning. I would run out to the garage and I had a couch out there. And I would just sit on this couch and I would just read and pray. And I would be having worship music playing. And I had thought worship music was so boring before that. I had just never even listened to it. And then it's like now it just, I, I just something changed. And it was because these three verses, it wasn't just what they meant. It was the fact that they sparked um, a pursuit of more knowledge, a pursuit of more understanding of the Bible, a more understanding, a greater understanding of God. And then it happened in August of 2014 was the first ever vision that I had had. And it was like, I was finally sober. I was finally clear-minded. I was, I had been months clean, um, no alcohol, no anything. Um, no, I mean, as in no getting drunk or having an unhealthy dependency on alcohol. Um, and I was in a really, really good place. I was starting to eat again. I was starting to come out of my room actually and do things and be, a, you know, a regular human being. And I randomly one day was just studying and I had a full color vision, a full absolute absolute vision. And like I said, some of the stuff that I'm going to start to share with you from my testimony, I understand that some people might not have ever experienced that. And if you haven't experienced it, that's okay. It doesn't mean that somebody's a better Christian than you. It doesn't. We just get spoken to in different ways, sometimes subtle, sometimes a little bit more vivid. But if you have had not, if you have not had experiences like what I'm about to describe, I completely respect that. And I would want you to know that there is nothing wrong with you. It doesn't mean that there, there's something broken in your walk. It doesn't mean even in the opposite end of that, that there's things that you can do to manufacture experiences like that. I truly can never explain, and I would never be able to explain why I went through what I went through. Um, but in August of 2014, I saw for the first time in my life, the first ever full color, like a movie vision. And it was about my life and, and where I'm at today. And it was absolutely 100% accurate in every possible way. From my daughter to my wife, to my career, to where I lived, to what I, I just things that I didn't know, things that I forgot about. Um, it was 100% accurate to every detail that I saw, every single detail that I saw that day. And I broke down crying because I didn't know that there was a hope and a future for me. I didn't know that there was a plan for me and that God had things for me to do, to accomplish a life to live because I had given up on all that. And I had given up on myself and I had given up on life. And I was on fire. I was ready. I was ready. Little did I know that that stuff was going to be so many years later, so many years later. But, um, you know, it had started an experience um, of wanting to get plugged into a church now. And I just experienced this desire. I want to be in community. I want to be serving God. And so I, I, I started to hang out with a buddy of mine that I had used to go to school with. And he was like, hey, I just started going to church. And, I, and we would skateboard together, actually. <laughs> and, um, 
and uh, he was with me through all all the dark stuff too. He was it was my buddy. I I would be getting high and then going to skateboard with him, and he'd just be like, "Yeah, man, I just you know, you're my boy, you know, like I, I'm just here for you." And he started going to church, and so I got plugged in at his church, and like it was amazing. And I got back on the worship team over time, and um, started to get into leadership. And um, later on that year in in 2014, I had an experience that is, uh, you know, one to this day, I, I just don't talk about this, this, you know, me even lightly touching on it. I'm not going to go into full detail about it. Um, but I, um, I don't talk about this with a lot of people. And the first person that I told about it was my mom. And, um, I told my mom and I asked her mom, you know, the crazy thing is, is we watched a movie a, a couple weeks, you know, I think I want to say about a month or two after it happened to me. And we were watching a movie about, there's this movie, this guy's kid goes to heaven or sees heaven or something like that. And it was just so random that we were watching them. I mean, we never watch movies like that. Not, not, not to nothing, but we never watch movies like that. And my mom put it on. It was out at the time. And I, I could not watch that. I could not finish watching the movie because of what I had, what had happened to me. And it was sparking too many similar. It was triggering me, really. It was like a PTSD almost. Um, not necessarily in a bad way, but just in a, it's a lot to handle kind of way. And I paused the movie. And I was like, Mom, I need to tell you something that happened to me. And... She, you know, she paused it, actually, now that I remember uh, we're tracking my memory and I just started crying and she just, uh, she just held me and she was like, you know, you know, this is really hard for me to talk about, but she held me and <laughs> she was like, you know, Mo, it's okay. You can tell me anything. I was like, yeah, I know. I know I can tell you anything, but this, is, this one's really hard for me to talk about. And like, I just, I, I needed like, like 15 minutes probably. And I just told her, mom, what happened to this boy in this movie happened to me. And I, you know, I'm, I'm crying as she's holding me. And I just told her, I talked to an angel and it was the scariest experience I've ever had in my life. And it terrified me. And I was in the spirit. It was in the spirit. And I saw heaven and I saw everything. And God explained things to me. And, and it really changed me. And I don't feel the same anymore. And I told her how I couldn't eat for weeks after that. I couldn't, I, I couldn't talk for weeks because they were wondering what was wrong, what was going on with me. And, and she told me that it was okay. 
and like I I was so scared that I was going crazy I was so scared that something was wrong with me I, I literally remember sitting in my room after it happened like three days after it happened just crying I was crying because I thought that I was going crazy. And I said, there's no way. I, I just can't accept this. And I was in college and I was, I, I had I had just got plugged back into church for the last couple of months. I'd been coming up on a year of being sober and clean. And I, and I was not expecting that. You know, because the one thing that people don't tell you when they talk about those experiences is that you're never the same. When it's real and it's true and it really did actually happen, and, and I can't speak for other people, and, and I can't guarantee that everybody will have the same experience of the things that they experience. But like I said, I just have to talk about my story and what I saw and what I experienced, what was my truth. And they don't tell you how you have cognitive dissonance how the fabric of your reality now becomes challenged because what you grew up singing about and you passively prayed and you, you did all these things. It is now so true that you almost have a breakdown of the reality around, around you because you can't deny it anymore. It's not something where you're just like, Oh yeah, this is, <laughs> yeah, I saw this or I saw that. It was great. No, it's like you're left questioning. Wow. This is actually real. This is actually, this is actually real. And, and I encourage everybody to, to, to be, to, to always listen to everything that you hear anybody say from things that I'm saying today to somebody who you hear on a Sunday, always take it to a Bible, always take it through community, always take it through understanding and wisdom and, and don't ever let somebody dictate or teach you everything that you need to know. Be an independent thinker, but be reliant on God's word and what God tells you and what you feel peace in. And it might not look like what everybody else is, but sometimes it might. But in this situation, I can't expect everybody to, to believe what I saw. And I actually don't blame people for not believing that. But I know what happened and I know that people have had similar experiences. And in the months that followed that experience, every single thing that I saw was independently confirmed. Every single thing I heard Every, there's things that I was told not to talk about. There were things that I was told to teach about. And every single thing that I saw was independently confirmed. And about a month afterwards, I finally had the courage to pick up my Bible because I, I was scared. I was terrified that even reading my Bible would trigger what I saw. The things that I experienced that day, seeing the reality of everything. And the very first verse that God led me to was in Second Corinthians. Uh, chapter 12, verse, verse uh, 2. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. And I just broke down crying because I had never read that verse before. I did not know that. And I didn't understand why going further down, but he said to me, this is 
literally seven verses, uh, five verses later. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Grace is the platform that God transmits the love that brings about the change that we have to see in this world. My reality was shattered that day. Everything changed that day for me. And the next year is when I got involved with Declare Victory. And it was like a message here and there. And they, if you can find and dig through the archives online of our posts, they were rough back then. <laughs> I was still learning. And I started to, my gifts started to come back. I, I could walk in discernment and, and prophecy again. And it had been a long time since I had experienced those things. But I was giving prophetic words to people at, at the car dealership, at the getting an oil change. I was going through the drive through and, and telling people things about their life that there was no way other people could know. But I knew that God wanted me to tell them, to show them that he cares about the intimate details about their life and that he is real. That there's no way the stranger that you're handing food to in the Burger King drive through can know that you were just about to quit school. But God wanted to tell you, don't quit because you're going to be successful in this field and he's going to reach people through you. And then you have Burger King workers staring at you with a line of people behind you. And they don't know what to say right now because they didn't tell anybody that. And that was every day of my life that something like that was happening. God was breaking me. There was times where I would just feel on my heart to just get down and start worshiping and praying in front of a group of people at school. And, and like things like that were starting to happen. And I started to see that the things that are opposite to our understanding are, are the areas that we could see God work because faith is a contact point. Wisdom is also a contact point to see God work. And I, and I always encourage that. But faith also, in the way that we're meant to understand faith and stepping out in faith, is a contact point for miracles. And I started to learn what that meant pragmatically. And it started to change the way I saw church. It started to change the way that I saw ministry. And I started to see that we've become so consumed with pageantry in so many aspects of our Christianity. With lights and designs and stages and, um, you know, here's the 12-point bullet point to, uh, you know, a discipleship course or something. And there's nothing wrong with those things. And everything does come in its due time. But we have to remember and step back and understand God's grace. We have to step back and we have to understand what true priority means in the context of kingdom work being done here on earth. And I started to learn that it, it's as simple as buying somebody's lunch. It's as simple as saying hi to somebody. I, I started to realize as my eyes were becoming opened that it doesn't necessarily have to be me being a pastor of like a 15,000 person church that I was making just as much of an impact as if I just said hi to that older gentleman that I walked by on my prayer walks every day and that he felt God's love merely through that hello. And I started to learn how we turn ourselves away from demonstrating and showcasing God's love 
and I started to see how um, the attacks, whether they were generational, whether they were trauma-based, whatever they were, were meant to break us from our God-given trajectory and destiny and our identity. And that God's grace is the one qualifying factor that allows us time to grow. It allows us time to see who we are, what we need to be. There's a lot of mistakes I made after that day. There's a lot of stuff I struggled with, I battled with. I mean, everything you can really even think of, I still struggled with, I still battled with. Um, and I needed God's grace to understand that there were certain things I didn't break free of until I had forgiveness, until someone forgave me. There were certain things I didn't break free from until I was able to put things into perspective. And where God's grace played part into this is I saw how we have to we we have to reset as a church as as Christians as believers we have to reset we have to get back to the basics we have to get back to two things we have to get back to our bibles and we have to get back to just loving people where they're at you're not meant to change things that are beyond what god has called you to change and a lot of times i i see that you know, this is probably not the most obvious verse for this subject, but in Genesis 1, you see that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. There was something about darkness that he didn't describe as good. And there was something about darkness that he didn't do away with it, but he separated it from what he created to develop and to define a very clear distinction. We've all gone. I wasn't the only one who had gone through traumatic things. I know that there's a lot of people that are listening to me right now. And I know that you as well have also gone through traumatic things in some way. It's unavoidable. As a father, it, it hurts me that it's unavoidable, but I've already even seen there's things my daughter's gone through or pain or falling or she cut her foot or something, you know, and you can't protect him from everything. But as a father, it's my job then to, to come in and create a distinction between the things that are unavoidable that I'm, I can't necessarily do away with and that I shouldn't do away with, but that it's important for me to come in and create an environment for her to grow in her identity. See, because why do we still go through bad things? Lord, why did that happen to me when I was seven? Lord, why did that happen to me when I was 12? Why did my parents separate? Lord, why, why did I? What, what, and some, we, we all have so many questions like that. Lord, if you were good, why, why did you allow this to happen? Lord, if you were good, why did that happen to me? Why did that person hurt me? Why did, why did this have, people have all kinds of stories like that. We have all kinds of questions like that. And the answer to that is right here in verse three. See, because we're meant to be conduits for the identity and character of Christ. We're meant to, Jesus came to put a face on God and we are here to put a face on Jesus. But Jesus wasn't remiss of adversity. Jesus wasn't void of hurt and pain. And it's actually the opposite. He was never accepted. He was never respected. He was spit on. He was literally stabbed. And he was hung on a cross. He was whipped. He was, he was beaten. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't a matter of avoiding and dodging 
the trauma and adversity. It was a matter of overcoming to demonstrate the character of God because that's our life supply. That's what we tap into. And each one of us who has experienced this darkness, it wasn't that the darkness is necessarily some showing of God, but that it's the light creates distinction of his character in the midst of every hard thing that we go through. It's that his light will shine through us. It's that his character will showcase through us and our perseverance and adversity. That's why these things happen. It's because God brings all things together for his good. Not that God comes here and he goes no further because God can't overcome that past. It's not that God comes to this wall and he says, well, you know what? God just can't overcome addiction or God just can't overcome childhood abuse or childhood trauma. Or you know what? God just can't. That is not what it is. It's that God can go into the broken places and still be God. And he defines that. He declares that through each one of us that is still standing in the midst of that. And he declares that through the legacy of everybody that trusted him in those moments. Because when we're doing deliverance and we're doing his uh, healing ministry, we go back to all those moments that broke us. And we repair them by understanding who God was and where was God in that moment. And I've seen people be healed of 30 or 40 years of sexual abuse. And I've seen people be healed of years of people who have, who have killed someone, people who have been in prison, people have sold drugs, who have done, because they went back to the moments that broke them. And they redefine those moments now by going back in their mind and understanding who God was then, today. And that's what God's grace does. But we don't see those things. We expect the pageantry. We accept the perfection. You need to know. You don't. God is perfectly capable of being God in his own time, in his own way. He's perfectly capable. It's his grace that transmits his identity that gives us a place to grow. It's like I was saying with Bella, my daughter, I can't prevent those things because if I were to prevent those things, she wouldn't understand who I am as her father. And it doesn't mean that I'm using them, but it's through recycling and harnessing the power of that hurt, the magnitude of that hurt to show her that as her father, I'm giving her an environment to grow. Grace is permission to grow. Grace is permission to overcome. Grace is permission to conquer. I've Every strong Christian I know has a horrible past. Every mature leader I know went through the craziest things. You know, even in some of my, I'm, I'm just barely telling you guys what happened in the 20s. You know, this is not talking about the first 20 years. We have permission to hit the reset button because we need to understand that we are a constantly adapting voice that stays true by the same biblical message, the same message of the cross that meets a world that is changing. Because truthfully right now, we're in a very unchurched world that's filled with churches, that's filled with buildings. But where are the Christians today? Where are we? Are we talking about our own political beliefs? Are we talking about our own? Because here's my philosophy. I do believe things personally, but in everything that I believe, what does the Bible represent? That's what I have to subscribe to, though. And if it aligns with that, then that's great. That's absolutely great. But I have a lot of personal opinions that I don't, I don't push or, or share because that's just my personal opinion. My personal opinion comes second to my biblical opinion, which comes first. It's a very hard distinction to make. And it's not up to me to maneuver it into being one and the same. It's a part of 
God's grace that I learn how to compromise, that I learn how I need to maneuver into what the biblical standpoint is. Where are the Christians today? What are we doing? The state of the world is a direct representation of the state of the church. And the state of the church is a direct representation of the state of the believer. We can't look around at the world and what's happening around us and think, oh, well, you know, I mean, that's just the world's problem. That's our problem. These things are our problems. They, they are ours. And we, it's time for us to own those things. But it's through God's grace and we have to understand that we're not perfect. We're not meant to be perfect, but we're called to be perfect. And the Bible's definition of perfect is in union with God. And we're in union with God when we're saying what he says, we're praying what he tells us to pray, and we're going to the areas that we don't think we need to be in. Because a lot of us as Christians, and I'm guilty of this too, when somebody has a uh, maybe a polar opposite political view or, or a religious view, or maybe they're Baptist and you're charismatic and, you know, so on and so forth, Wh- whatever label we place on things, because we place so many labels on things that we don't even fully identify with, but that we battle for the sake of ego. We, we do that constantly. How many of us run from that or are aggressive in that? But how many of us are servants in that? How many of us serve the people that oppose us? How many of us forgive the people that oppose us? You know, to live our life the way Christ lived his is a life that is truly a city on a hill. That is truly the light, the candle that you don't put a basket over to close. You know, I say all this and I talk about my testimony because I want to clarify what I saw that we need. And I want to give this to you. Even if this was my last message ever, I want to give this you to say start with the small things with grace we were given the ability to start with the small things with god's grace we were given the ability to reflect on our own sin to know where we need god and that we need god we have to offer that same grace to people i'm going to be honest with you guys i mainly you know a big part of this is due to the pandemic but we haven't been a part of a church family in about almost two years. But we've been absolutely embedded in accountability, mentorship, and community. And I've seen the biggest changes I've ever seen in my life. I've had the biggest breakthroughs in our life that we've ever had. I'm not saying don't go to church. That's not at all what I'm saying. But I'm saying we need to bring that to church. That's what needs to happen. We have to stop playing church and playing Christians. And we need to start being Christians. But it starts with us getting real It starts with us asking real questions. And are we washing everybody's feet? Are we getting down washing everybody's feet? Are we serving every single person? Are we being less and lifting up other people? How many times do we want the attention? Do we want the validation? Do we, are we using our spiritual gifts and church office and our title? How many of us are title chasers? You know, how many of us are are using something in church to get validity and validation that we needed from our father that left when we were one, when we were two, when we were three. And so now we need it from every single person that gives us a pat on the back. We have to ask ourselves real questions. We have to genuinely, genuinely step back and realize that the change begins with us as believers. And that change happens on a platform of grace. Where God allows us, like a good father, 
not to cancel the darkness, but to show his light. And that light shone through us. And I want to encourage you that everything should come back to love. You know, as I close and wrap up today, I know it went super long, but, um, and if you're still with me here, and you didn't hang up yet. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, you know, I want to say that it, it has to all come back to love. God is described in the Bible, word for word, God is love. There's a lot of characteristics and traits that God is, but that is the only one that defines what God is as identity. We must always come back to that. If you're, if you're giving a prophetic word, if you're, if you're praying for somebody, if you're interceding, if you're reading the Bible, you need to read, understand, and filter everything through love and understand this. Understand that love looks like correctness sometimes. Um, love looks like guidance. Love looks like there's a lot of things that love is. There's a lot of things, and we all learn that over time in our relationship with God. But I want to encourage you, start small. Sometimes it's not, it's not the big things and the, the big conference or the 5,000-person church. or the, Some of us are scared to, to not go to church. Some of us are scared to step away from ministry. I was. I was scared to step away because I thought I would be outside of God's will. We have to break that kind of thinking. You know, we got to, and I'm, again, I'm not telling people to not go to church. It's not, that's missing the point. That's not it at all. What I'm saying is we have to stop pretending that we can move God's hand. We have to stop pretending that we can manipulate God. We are entirely dependent on his grace and his mercy. Exactly what I just read in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. It's not a free right for us to go do whatever. I mean, I wasn't getting high and being like, hey, God, you know, my weakness, God's strength, you know. No, what happens is that we have to see in our dependency for God, his character becomes that light that separates the two, right? It's the distinction made between the light and the darkness. When we understand our dependency on God, when we understand that we need him, that we are not complete, that we are not perfect, quote unquote, remember perfect biblically means union that we're not a perfect union with God until we understand that we need him. And some of us need to go through things that we're praying for right now, that we're texting everybody, asking everyone to pray for us for. Keep me in prayer for this. this, still, this re if there's a recurring issue in your life, it's still, you, you still don't understand that, that you're not God. If there's some area in your life, that's, some, that's an area that God wants to be God over. That's a hard thing. That's a hard pill to swallow. That's very hard for me in the areas that I have that in. And I could think of a couple right now for myself. You know, I'm, I'm not separate from that. And, and they actually are the hardest areas of my life. And I just have to trust God. And it's very, very, very difficult. It's not something that I'm excited to wake up and do every day. There are issues that I ask for prayer for. There are issues that I, I struggle with. But in my weakness, in my inability to change these things, I understand who God is. And there's a greater clarified definition to his character and who he is. I just want to close with this and saying, you know, again, I just thank everybody for listening. Thank everybody for calling in. I hope that this encouraged you today. I hope it, I hope it even gave you faith for people who are maybe in your life right now who are like me, 
um, and went through what I went through. But we do serve a very powerful God, a very loving God. And I can tell you that any description, anything we've understood here on this side, it's not even close. It's just so much times it by like a billion. We just don't get it. We can't compute. We can't understand God. It's just so, everything about it is just so different from what we understand. And the best part of it is knowing that he is good and that he loves us and that he sent his son to die on a cross for us. He gave his, his first fruit, his son for us. So I want to thank everybody for, for listening uh, today. I, I, we will get into love, life, and victory. But um, I want to first, real quick, um, give anybody who didn't get to say good morning, any happy birthday shout outs, anniversary shout outs, anything like that. We'd love to hear it um, if you have anything like that. Even if you want to just say hi to somebody that you know is calling in, I mean, that's great, too. You can do that. But, um, yeah, if you would like to do that, take this time to do that, and then we're going to get into, I'll wrangle us back up, and then we'll get back and we'll get into love, life, and victory and talk about uh, what I shared today. So, um, yeah, take this time. If you want to say good morning, you didn't get to say good morning. You want to say happy birthday or shout out to anybody. Good, good morning. morning. Go ahead. Oh, good morning. Sorry. Um, I was on mute there for a second. Good morning. Good morning. Awesome. This is Sissy. Good morning. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll wait. She's like, I'm done. I'm done. I just want to put out some desperation, sweetheart. Go ahead. Okay. This is Sister Lisa. Awesome declaration. God bless everyone on the line. Thank you. Good morning, Brother Moses. It's Rochelle. Welcome to life. God bless you. Amen. 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 Anybody else? Yeah, this is Jubilant Juliet. It was an awesome decoration. Amen. Good morning, Juliet. Hey, good morning, nephew. Auntie Didi, I love you. Hey, what's up, Didi? Good morning. Yo, 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 what's up, Airman? <laughs> Good morning, Eric. Good morning, Moses. This is Kyla. Great decoration. Thank you so much. Good morning, Moses. This is Priscilla. Um, sometimes I just don't have words when someone gives a declaration or their truth like you have this morning. The words for me just don't even sum up to to what you shared. Um, when someone has such an incredible experience with heaven, I mean, um, that journey and to to know the truth, and it totally sets you free to know true grace and true love. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Um, and I can imagine someone being messed up 
And we don't hear those stories. We read about that, and that's not what they explain the process. So I just say thank you um, because uh, that's pretty awesome. That's, that's, well, it's awesome to hear and to receive and to be in a place. I don't take that lightly. So I just appreciate you and your ministry and your truth. And I appreciate Declare Victory, the platform, for us mm-hmm. to hear that. Wow. Amen. Thank you. I, I really, I really needed to hear that. Thank you so much. Amen. Okay. So if there's no more, um, uh, you know, good mornings or, or shout outs or um, we don't have any of that, I would just ask real quick before we get in, um, you know, as folks are sharing, um, if we could just make sure we're on mute. And also, to I, just in case anyone doesn't know, the reason why we like kind of, you know, we kind of harp on that a lot is just because uh, uh, we these messages are recorded. So, uh, um, you know, a lot of people listen throughout the week or later on. So we try to just make sure the recordings are as like, clear and understandable as possible, which is why I had to switch my headphones. <laughs> I know I probably sounded, uh, they were like wireless headphones, so I think they sounded bad. Uh, and sometimes I sound like I'm in like a fishbowl with those, but let's get into it. Um, I just, again, I want to thank you guys. I, this, to be honest with you, this is the first time I've ever publicly talked about what happened to me. And it just feels so good already to even just the feedback just already um, to, to hear those things. It really does feel good. Um, and and I just want to use that to allow, to encourage you real quick, um, you know, before we start hearing from everyone to encourage you to walk forward and not, your experience might not be my experience and that's completely okay. That's completely fine. You might've had similar experiences already and just wondering like, wow, man, this is interesting that somebody would talk about this. And I, I had a similar experience too or something. And, and that happened to me through the years following it. I would hear people talk about it and I knew that they were telling the truth because it was identical to what I saw and I had never told anybody or I would watch a, an interview with somebody and they talk about it and they look a little maybe distressed or something. And, you know, I was like, wow, that's like, that's total confirmation to what I saw. Like, and so, you know, it, it feels, it, it's hard. I, I had to come into this, you know, kind of feeling God put on my heart last night and this morning to talk about it and to open up just knowing that you can get all kinds of reactions telling somebody something like that, let alone a group of people, let alone a majority of people that you've really never met. And then in some cases, never even met in person. So that's like a very hard thing. I was definitely very nervous and very scared this morning to talk about that. So thank you guys for allowing me a a safe platform to share that information. And um, I just want to encourage everybody today. I, I hope that you walk away from this encouraged I know that some of this needs to marinate, and I know that that's not really today's message, quote unquote, wasn't really conventional is the way I've always given messages, but like I said, more of a heart share. So, you know, if it needs to be silent for a little while, we need to just kind of maybe just kind of marinate in what God's speaking through. That's totally fine, too. But if that's not the case and you have something to share, I know everybody would love to hear from you. I would love to hear from you. If maybe God just got you thinking about something that you kind of you're thinking about it right now, I just want to encourage you. And also, if you don't normally talk or speak or share, 
on Declare Victory and God's really bugging you right now with something like just putting something on your heart like, hey, you had a similar experience. You should talk about it. Or, hey, it reminds you of this. Or, hey, I did this thing in your life. Give God, give God the glory for that because there's no, as you can tell, I just said some pretty wild stuff right now, to be honest with you. And, you know, there, this is a safe place to share those things and to talk about what God's done in our life because it edifies and it builds each other up. And we, we're all encouraged by that. So I encourage you to step out into that. And, and even if you don't think you're a clear speaker or, or articulate or you've been nervous with public speaking, don't worry about that. You know, just share what God's putting on your heart. I, I want to hear it. And I, and I promise you the community would love to hear it too. So if you have anything, please take this time to share that and let's try to go one at a time as best as we can. But yeah, uh, let's go for it. Good morning, Sister Sylvia. Hey, Sylvia. Hi. Um, I'm trying to um, respond without getting so emotional that I cannot talk. Um, mm-hmm. uh, this morning, in San Francisco, where I was raised, at my mom's house, I was take care of her her for the weekend and this morning I decided to drive to the beach to the ocean and as I'm walking on the ocean I'm listening to your testimony and I truly believe that without no test there is no testimony I took notes I had no pen I just kept emailing myself clips and different things that you said and I really want to talk to you Another, you know, as well. Just based on things that you share, so I can share this with you, um, based on some of the testimony that you said about believing God, believing there is doubt and set aside. So, in San Mateo County years ago, I was in a drug program, and I started having uh, blood clots big as my fist, dropping. Out of me, and I told them I needed to go to the hospital. And he said, Oh, you're just trying to get out of the group. So when they called the hospital, they told them to be there right away. When I found out that I was free, but it had not gone, so it was a topic pregnancy, very solid back then. And they needed to remove whatever tissue. And so I'm in the exam room, and I'm so scared. And I said, God, if you're real, Show me. I need you right now. It's hot outside. There's no window, but there's a window open. And the hospital gown, the right string only, start going back and forth, just swaying back and forth. And the knot that's at the bottom of the string starts vibrating fast. And then a circle forms around that knot. And in the circle, I see light. It gets light, and then it'll get dark, and light, and dark. And the the, the knot is vibrating. The circle is around. It's a light. It's going lighter and darker. And I felt a sense of peace. Just flash over me. And the nurse came in the room, and she said, are you okay? And I said, because I'm not here by myself. And I said, I know she think I'm crazy, but I didn't care. So she left out. The doctor came in. He did this procedure. During the whole time, I felt no pain. I felt nothing. We literally had a conversation about something entirely different. When he finished, I had my Bible with me. Just like you, in my addiction, 
I still carry my Bible. I still try to seek God. I read the Bible for a few minutes. Then I got up, changed that paper on the table, cleaned the entire room, and told those people I was ready to go. That was the beginning of my spiritual journey. You just helped me answer a question that they're asking me for an application for a, a religious program that I'm seeking. When did your spiritual journey begin? Tell us about it. And I when it began, when I no longer had any doubts in my mind that there is a God, he showed me. And then so the darkness of being an addiction, the, the days when I felt so shame as a mother, and with my mother taking care of my kids and just in the grips where I just didn't want to live anymore. And that wasn't God. But God, in his infinite grace and power, reached back and pulled me out of that because he already knew the plans he had for me. And I've said this a few times, so I don't want anybody to think that I'm just, I'm not boastful at all. I'm humble. But when I can take somebody in that type of despair and elevate them like you into ministry or elevate them like me to into a chaplain program where I get to pray for people, he's trusting me. I'm trusting him. Thank you for your testimony. Thank you for being so transparent. Thank you for assuring us again the power of God and what he can do in our darkest, darkest moments of our life and the plans that he has. I really would love a chance to just talk to you more about this offline, but I just needed to share that because I listened to every word of your testimony as I walked on that to this morning and let it resonate and not just everything. That he's done, and, and the last thing I want to say is that there is a book, and it's called Heaven Is Real. It's not like that movie the little boy was. And this lady from Korea is writing about how every single night, for what period of her life, Jesus came and got her, and took her to heaven, and showed her things, and told her to write about it, and she did. In this book, and I believe that it really happened for her. So thank you. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you so much, Sylvia. Thank you for for the transparency and sharing that stuff. And um, I just want to say this right now. I do feel um, this is a very tender subject for everybody, and I feel that we're going to dive into a lot of deeper testimonies. So today I'm going to do something different. I'm not going to respond to the things that we share. This is not about me. This is about you guys, and I think that this is your time, your platform to, to share, just as Sylvia did, um, what God has done and what you're feeling led to share. If it's a testimony, if you want to talk for 20 minutes or you want to talk for five minutes, I really don't care, So, um, and I'm not going to stop you. So I'm not going to say anything, but just one by one, let's just be respectful of each other. Um, I'll kind of just uh, facilitate it, but go ahead and just share what God's putting on your heart. Hi, Thank you, Sylvia. Oh, good morning. Hello. Who is this? It's Dee Dee. Your, your oh, share this morning just took me back because that crossover is what I call it, the crossover experience. When you go on that side and you know 
um, in 95 when I had my near-death experience, for some reason I can still rem remember hearing them say the four-hour window. So I don't know. I've read, I've heard some of the transcripts of, of what took place, but I literally flatlined. And so I know I've been changed. It's 26 years later, and I talk about it as well. But I know now, um, this week on the call, the, the thing about me feeling like I was a grim reaper, because I'm, when I tell you I've been surrounded by death, it seems like every time I turn around, it's death and it's close to me and it's somebody that I love or, or either I'm able to go and, um, you know, be on the bedside of a young, of a woman who's lost a baby or whatever it is. But when you were talking, it just, I, I was laying listening with tears in my eyes because I didn't get it. This week helped me understand a little bit more about I'm graced for it, but it seems overwhelming because, like I said, I, I don't think, I, I know I'm not the only one, but I, I tell you, death is affecting me differently now, but I know that now, listening to you in 95, when I had my near-death experience, and I, and I, oh, the experience is nothing like you can even imagine if you've never experienced it but I get it now and so it's giving me like I'm my whole body is hot because I I have a new piece because it's not a fear it's never really been a fear it, it just gets draining because it's one after another after another after another and so I started almost getting numb to it and I don't want to get that I just want to know that when God brings you back because there's more for me to do on this side I wasn't supposed to leave here in 95 and so I get it even my experience with him oh my god I'm getting emotional so I just I'm just blessed this morning by that and it I call it the crossover because I do understand what it means now and I know it's not that I'm just people around me are just dying no it's not even about that it's about me be having the heart to be compassionate and to be loving and to just be there. And then the other thing that you said that really spoke is the reoccurring issues in our lives, the things that we keep on asking for prayer for. We have to just let God be God in that area. And, and if we don't, we're going to keep on going back. It's like Groundhog Day, that movie, until you give it to God and stop thinking that you have the power to deal with that thing that's going to reoccur. Thank you for that. I love you. Next person. Good morning, Brother Moses. This is Prosperous Pam. Um, that was so much. There's so much, so much to your declaration. So I just, um, saying it was a good declaration, it just doesn't feel like those are the right words. But um, I just wanted to share with you that um, God is, I have a different relationship with God and I, I appreciated you sharing your encounter with the angel because I don't know, I, God speaks to me like in my heart, my, my inner knowing. Um, like, for example, when um, <clears throat> I was struggling earlier this week because, um, you know, my mom's been not well and I've been one of the primary caregivers of her and just trying to figure all that stuff out, 84 years old. And um, I found myself going more into the situation than not trusting God. And God reminded me, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the declare victory, the women's call on Thursday that um, we were able to share and I was able to see where I you know, needed to remember to keep my peace. But what I wanted to share with you is, you know, from when you first, I'm glad you waited five years to share your testimony because, um, how do you say, you know, I've heard, I've heard of books and stories and movies and people who said they'd gone to heaven and things like that. And, um, but I've listened to you over the years and there's something like a discerning spirit. There's something between when you speak, you confirm things through your word 
like God's confirming to me through your word all the time from when you, I think you started calling in around the time I started calling in. Um, you started speaking. But anyway, I just wanted to share with you that I thank you so much for, I think this was a good time because I already had appreciated um, your messages that you would share with the family. And then when you spoke about your encounter with the angel and that it was so scary and that like, I just, my heart is like, yeah, this world, we, we're, we are not in the spirit. I think it's a no, it's probably no joke. And that the fact that you came back and shared with us what happened is just so powerful so i know i'm just rambling i just wanted to say that i appreciate you you've spoken over into my life you spoke into like when i was getting into a new situation at my work i don't know if you know this but you wanted to just pray you just asked me if i was getting a new job and i said no but it, what it was it was a lot more responsibility it was big and so i've never shared with you that i appreciate you so much and i'm like the other lady i could just I always feel like I could just sit and talk to you for, <laughs> forever, like for just sit out and just talk because um, I've just been so blessed by your ministry and your message. Um, so just thank you so much and keep on going and glory to God in all things. I just thank him and I love him so much. He loves us more. Okay, I'm going on meet. Hi, Moses. It's, it's Moni. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. And thank you, Pam. Thank you, Didi. That was good, Pam. That was good, Didi. Um, I really like what Priscilla said, too. Um, but um, a couple of things. First of all, I want to thank you for being very transparent with us. It was needed. It was time. And it was truly ordained by God. So if you had any doubt, trust me. Trust me. Because <laughs> I would tell you. <laughs> um, it was definitely needed. God needed you to share that it needs to be released in the atmosphere. I think a lot of people are afraid to talk about situations and stories like this that, that we go through because we feel like people are going to call us crazy because the first people who started to tell their stories in the world were were looked upon like ill or they're weird or maybe they have mental issues. And so it shuts us down and it's become the norm that we hold on to stories like that. But not a lot of people know that I've also gone through that to, that type of story, just like you have, and you know, and, and, and I remember telling you not to be scared because it did happen to me too. And I think that we're special. Um, everyone's special to God, but I think that there's something even more special to those of us that have, that go through uh, near death situations. And those of us that do see heaven, um, there's something special that God needs us to do. And I really like, uh, what you said, you said that grace is the uh, platform that God uses to allow us to grow into our identity because God showed me grace too when a similar situation like that happened to me. Um, I was given the choice. I was given the choice. I did flatline like Dee Dee. And when I saw what I saw, I was given the choice. Do you want? What do you want? Is what, what was told to me. And I said, I need to go back. I'm not done yet. And I was, I was granted the utmost of grace. No questions asked. No questions asked. No, well, I want this from you. And, and if you go back, you're going to do this for me. And there were no conditions. 
It was the utmost of grace that you could ever think about, ever think or imagine that was given to me. And I was allowed and granted to come back. And so I know what you speak of. I know the change that these, these, these spiritual awakenings are that are granted to us where we can talk to angels. I'm constantly praying to angels. I'm constantly asking God, God, send your angels, send your warring angels, place your angels. There are angels. I'm here today to tell you there are angels. And not, like I said, not a lot of people want to talk about heaven and, and, and seeing it and feeling it and, and angels talking to us in our dreams and angels coming to us. But you know what? The Bible's filled with them. And we need to talk about it more. We need to reset, like you said. We need to reset and bring the church back. We're the church. We're the church. We need to get back on our jobs because the pandemic quieted everybody down. The enemy's happy right now because we've all shut down. We forgot about our heavenly stories. We forgot about our near-death situations. We've been intimidated. We've been shut up too long. And God, and God doesn't want that. God wants us to reset, just like you said. He wants us to open up our mouth and share these stories. Don't think they're, uh, you know, people are going to think I have mental illness or something. No, 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 no. I'm not going to share this because I think I'm crazy. You know, if you let God do it, if you let, if you seek God on how to deliver it, he will tell us how and when to deliver it, just like what he did with you today. He told you when it was time to deliver it, and he helped you to deliver it. And we need to have that same faith and hold on to the stories because those things happen to us for a reason. Those of us that have had those types of situations had it for a reason. We got to give it away. And then those of us that didn't have those situations yet seek God on what to say, because we all have a testimony. We all have a story. We all should have one, at least one story at the minimum to help change one life. And even if we were put on this earth to just change that one life, and that's all we're supposed to do, we got to seek God to direct us to who that one life is so we know that we know that we know that we did our job. We should be found doing God's work every day. We should be. We're empowered. We all have a testimony. We're all equipped. And we all know how to hear the voice of the Lord. In any case, I'm di- I digressing. I want to thank you for being so transparent, son. I love you so much. Don't stop doing the work of the Lord because we all needed to hear this message today. Okay, thank you, and I love you. Amen. Thank you, Melanie. Good morning. God morning. This is Jeff G. Moses. Wow, what's going on? Wow. You shared your experience, and I appreciate you doing that. I myself also have um, experienced some things, which I won't go in detail right now because it is kind of lengthy. However. What I am surprised at is that not more people have or would come forth with having experienced things because the Bible says in the last days, I think it's in um, Joel and Acts, if I'm right, that he would pour out his spirit and that young men would dream dreams and old men would see visions. Um, so that, that being said, he told us these things would come about. So I'm just surprised that not more people have experienced it. But, yeah, I, 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 I can relate to what you've been through. I can relate wholeheartedly. And, but by the grace of God, it, it, God is where we're at now. All right. I'm done.
Amen. Thank you, Jeff. Good morning, Brother Moses. This is Sweetie Omnia. I um I appreciate you your transparency this morning. I I have several stories and I'm not going into all of them now. But you're right, there are angels. There are angels walking around, walking among us now. I remember when Jeff G first came to North Carolina, um, I had taken him to town to look for a job. And on our way back home, I went to sleep under the steering wheel. And when I woke up, Jeffrey asked me where was I going. I was about to hit someone head on. And we were at a canal. This angel, I actually saw this angel pick up my car and set it in the canal. And it was buried so deep and pissed. When you're passing, unless you look over, you couldn't see the top of the car. I had to crawl across from the driver's seat over into the passenger seat and crawl out the window to get out. Thank God we both got out without a scratch. And I just wanted to share that this morning. And I know it was an angel because I saw him just pick up that car. And um, there was another story. I actually died. Moses, I was walking around here every day thinking that I was saved, teaching Sunday school, missionary classes I was teaching, all up in the church. But the sad thing about it was, a sad part about it was the church was not in me. I had, like the other lady testified earlier, I had blood clots. I had diabetes. My heart failed. It was so many things going on with my health. I went into a coma. All of my body parts shut down. I died, but when I, um, the first thing I remembered was Christ, I was in hell, I was going to hell, and Christ actually told Satan, you can't have her, she's one of mine, and he brought me back. But so I know that there is, I don't know what you call it, there's experiences because I experienced it. And I just, I just, I just, I just, just want to thank you for your transparency this morning. And God bless you. Well, can I say real quick? Um, I'm going to try to make this quick. I was in the car, you know, because you know I was going to tell everybody else. I was in the car, and I was awoke when this happened. Um, to give a little more detail and visual on the canal, so we're going over a bridge. It's a two-bridge road. 
We went over the first bridge, but the second bridge had two trees around it. When the car hit the first tree, it, we weren't doing no more than about maybe 45 to 50 miles per hour, but the car itself went airborne. It was just like she said, like an angel actually picked the car up. We went straight up. It wasn't like in no angle. We went straight up, went straight over the canal, and, and landed on the other side of the tree, on the second tree. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's unexplainable. Um, we're nothing but angel or God himself. All right, I just wanted to get that detail. Yeah, Jeffrey, you, I think you have, Moses, I'm sorry, uh, you have the other time mixed up with, uh, the la- you have the last time mixed up with the first time. What you're talking about is when I knocked those trees down and we came within 200, uh, 200 feet of the That's right, coming back the from river. the doctor's office. Yeah. Yeah. Coming back from the doctor's office. Okay, exactly. all right, I'm done. Okay. 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 Going back on mute. Wow, thank you guys. I mean, that's just powerful. Wow. I'm literally speechless right now hearing that. Anybody else? Anybody else has any anything they'd like to share? Anything God's putting on your heart right now? I think we're all being really blessed right now by this. Hey, Moses, this is Rochelle. Go ahead, Rochelle. That was Rochelle, and who else? Okay, Rochelle, go first. Hey, um, sorry for the background noise. I'm looking for something in my car. But um, as I sit here and I listen and your declaration, um, there's so many things, um, you know, that happens when God does visitations and show things. And a lot of times I get afraid and I have to realize and I have to condition myself constantly and say he didn't give you a spirit of fear he's supernatural these things are not spooky ooky it's it's none of that it's not freaky and none of that is supernatural so it's not the same as what you would expect or what you would see so I had to and he had to tell me to lose myself in him and in and, and my prayers, and we talk about the angels, and we talk about the scriptures, and uh, encamping angels roundabout, those are his messengers. And if we're calling on them, then we have to know that, and I'm not talking to anybody, I'm talking to me, and I'm just saying what I have to realize, what I believe in my, with, within me, and what I pray, God's word over my kids and over everybody I have to put them in place for myself. I believe them, but a lot of times I don't put them in place for myself. I see things and I'm just like, that's not what that is. But I have learned just to go back and sit and meditate and ask the Lord to make it clear, make everything clear, bring when I uh, revelated knowledge, revelated knowledge. That's revealing the things in the mystery through his wisdom to help us to understand. So thank you for your um, transparency and helping us to understand that. He's he's God and he's supernatural, his Holy Spirit and his angels and everything about kingdom is not normal. And I'm speaking for me. I'm not telling anybody anything. But what I am saying is that he is kingdom and he is supernatural. So don't be afraid. 
don't be afraid. Just know that it's supernatural and it's, it's way beyond our finite minds. But just to trust him and, and learn him and have that relationship, that real intimate relationship and knowing who he is and whose we are and just learning him. So thank you for that. It's just, it's, it's so mind blowing when we just, when he reveals certain things to us and, you know, through others' testimony and whatnot. So God bless you, Moses. Amen. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, it's so clear. Yeah, thank you. Um, there was somebody else too after a show. I didn't catch who it was. Hey, babe. Hello? It's it's Nicole. Oh, dang. Hey, what's up, babe? That was my wife, Nicole, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I was like, who's um, calling me babe right now? I was like, man, uh, Nicole's listening. Only one woman, babe. Only one woman. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to just tell you how much I'm proud of you and just watching you grow just throughout these few years of you doing Declare Victory and just seeing how um, your transparency just it's everything like I don't want you to ever stop being transparent and I'm really proud of you for sharing the story I know this has been on your heart for so long and we've talked about it and it was scary for you and by you speaking on it and giving people permission even that were even scared or may have been scared to like not be scared anymore and giving them a different insight, different perspective. It's just huge. And I'm just extremely honored to be your wife. And I'm extremely grateful that you're our daughter's father and our soon one day, whenever he may come, you know, our our next baby's father, because your love going that's going to be transmitted and like they're gonna grow and they're gonna learn and they're gonna understand love from you, from us, is it's just it's so beautiful and that's what's going to change the world. You know, that's what's going to really make this world a better place is by teaching our children and showing by example, not just by, by the word, but by seeing and by feeling and experiencing love. Like it's, that's what, that's what it's about. That's what God wants us to do, but not just to our own children, but all of us were, we're his children. So we're, we're meant to extend that, extend that unconditional love that we have for our children to to our brothers and our sisters, to our friends, to our family, to strangers. And that's what I felt from your message today is like, it, it needs to be extended to everybody because that's how, that's how church is going to happen. That's how the world is going to move the way that God wants his world to move. So I just love you. Amen. Thanks, babe. I appreciate that. I have to use the bathroom after you are done getting ready in there. And um, thank you for calling in. And thank you. Uh, that's very encouraging. I appreciate that a lot. Um, does anybody else have anything they'd like to add um, on to today? This is Imani. I was super late, but I thought what your wife said was very sweet. She supports you. Thank you. Amen. I agree. Thank you. I just want to add one last thing. Uh, This is Sister Sylvia again, because I was trying to take notes with no pen. So I had to keep (laughs) emailing. I was emailing myself while I was walking on the beach. And one thing I just thought about was something you said that we cannot compute or understand some of the things when it comes to God. This, this, This is what I wrote. And I had to email myself that because my mentor, Sister Lisa, 
I've talked to her so many times. I'm like, I don't understand, like, what, what's going on, you know? And she just helped me to realize that, you know, you God is mystic. mystic. We're not going to understand. It's not our job to understand everything he does or everything he says. Just know that he is. Yeah. And Amen. so that I had to email myself that because that's what I was looking for. We cannot compute or understand. Thank you so much. And thank you for your wife, Nicole. God bless you and your family. And um, hopefully it's not out of place to ask, but I, I really would like to have a conversation um, with you if it's possible off off the platform. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I wanted to, uh, I don't have social media or anything, you know, like that, but I wanted to throw out my email to at the end of this. So if you know anyone has any questions and maybe you don't want to ask here, uh, you know, just shoot me an email or something. And um, yeah, I would, I would love to hear from everyone. Like I said, you know, maybe there's something offline you want to ask or uh, something maybe you just kind of curious about um, or just to say hi. Like I said, I don't have social media, so pretty much just, Whoever I'm texting in my phone, that's who I socialize with. <laughs> so, hey, um, hello. Yes. Is I just, yeah, I wanted to just say, Nicole, oh, my goodness, just her sound. I, I, I look forward to hearing her. You, you know, me and your mom, we, we got things. I can work some stuff out. But just mm-hmm. her sweetness. Yeah, you get her, mm-hmm. get her, Moni. Come on, Nicole. Mm-hmm. We need I, to hear you. I will. I will. But um, She's next. She's next. <laughs> yeah. That, um, Where's that, Lisa? Where's Lisa? <laughs> I don't, <laughs> the 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 part that um cause Sylvia says and I, I just want her to tap into Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine because we have to know that the secret things belong to the Lord our God. And that's in everything. All the things that we've been through, um, going through, have gone through, have been delivered from, um, they're not for us to understand. You know, it may seem like it is and so we'll make ourselves crazy. And I say this because having grown children now and even a granddaughter, I, Tiffany, my cousin Tiffany came over yesterday, we were just talking about being mindful of even as we're raising our children, um, what we do, what they see, what we, sh- you know, what they're um, exposed to so that later on in life um, they're not having the same issues or they're not dealing with generational stuff is what I'm trying to say. So we just have to be mindful across the board that the things that we go through and we don't understand, God knows. And even when I go back to my near-death experience and even the death of my first, my baby, who never even had a chance to breathe in this world, I probably should have lost my mind. But I'm so glad that at 18, there were people around me that I didn't even realize were praying for me not to lose my mind so that I could be here at 53 and being able to pour into others. Cause I have so many extended kids. Like I have, I have so many grown kids that call me mama, auntie that come to, t- I'm blessed by that. But I just know that even though I didn't understand why my baby had to die or why I almost died in 95, God understood. So I no longer, I don't want to say question it, but I get that. Deuteronomy 29, 29 has helped me with death. When I was talking about all the death that um, I'm surrounded by, it's just something about that passage that makes me understand when I don't understand. So I hope that made sense. Thank you. And Nicole, can't wait to hear you. <laughs> I can't wait to hear her too. Nicole is probably one of the wisest people I've ever met in my life. I just always learn from her constantly. Um, so I'm excited to hear her messages. I think we might need to take a switch in this next season where she, uh, she, uh, starts giving messages and I just call in and listen. So 
maybe keep your fingers crossed guys she's got some she's got some fire but um yeah does anybody else have anything um i mean however long we go i mean you know i'm not doing anything so you know if anybody has anything to share come on Moses, I want you to share at the end, um, just remind the folks about your podcast, um, just that. And then for Nicole, you know Moni, but we call her Moni Madonna. So, honey, get ready, get your <laughs> pen and your journal ready, because she's coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Who is that that first said uh, hi right now? I didn't even catch I didn't even catch it. This is Termina, the finisher. Oh, hey, what's up? Good morning. Hi, good morning. Thank you for your declaration. What came to me, what God wanted me to say, um, to share um, how, how his grace has saved me from death many times. Um, well, like I said, the first one is from, um, I'm with Didi. I lost my uh, first child, um, stillborn. Um, also, um, let uh, another uh God saved me from great, saved me when, when someone had broken in my house when I was a teenager and, and came right into my room and how God woke me up and raised me like I was raised from the dead and saved my life by me screaming. Um, another another uh, God's grace that saved me is last year on the uh, six years of my mother's death anniversary, I was driving in my car and um, a a driver came right behind me and came right in front of me like I was in a movie, right in front of my car and pulled out a gun and shot someone. Uh, So I seen the victim. So God's grace has saved me many, many times. And my supernatural um, encounter with, with God is through my dreams. The prophetic dreams that um, God has been giving me ever since I've been a child until now. So that was what God had placed on my heart to share. Thank you so much for your declaration and God bless you. Wow. Wow. Thank you for sharing that with us and, you know, the transparency and trust to, to share such impactful things to us, you know. Wow. Beautiful. Hey, good evening. This is oh, good morning. This is Kedra. And hey, Kedra. Um, hey, what's up, Moses? Hey, DV family. And you know, my name is Kent Killer Kedra, and it's nothing but grace is that gave me that name because the enemy has tried to kill my spirit. Uh, you know, just all the spiritual attacks, and it's grace because his grace is sufficient for us because he knows the thoughts and the plans. Like Moni prayed this morning, thank you too, Moni, for that prayer. But um, yeah, I'm going to represent God in that can't in that KKK can't kill a Kedra because of his grace. So thank you for the declaration, thank you for your transparency. I just thank God for this call because it's like grace, grace and mercy they go hand in hand, you know. But, yeah, I wanted to share that. Amen. Amen. Thank you for sharing that, Kendra. Agreed, too. Amen. Anyone else? Any Anyone else want to share? Okay, well, um, we're kind of 
about maybe 20 minutes past, but, um, you know, I just want to individually, just each, everybody who shared, thank you so much. I mean, with just the fact that you trust to, to share those stories with us, I obviously can relate because I was very nervous to share today. <laughs> and, um, you know, I just want to let you know that you're not alone. You know, in everything that you guys have experienced, um, we are not alone in those. You know, and it's meant for us to talk about God's grace because there there are a lot of people that, that didn't make it. And we have to understand and step back and remember, a lot of us right now, if you're listening in, you are you are still breathing here today. You are not in a jail cell. You are not in a grave. You are not in a hospital bed right now. I hope I hope you're not. But I I just want to just say that, you know, you're here for a reason right now. And it's not to say that people that didn't make it weren't, but it's that for you, you have to remember that the fact that you're here today, even if you change one life, like think about it. If there's one life lost to to crime or gangs or one life, you know, I just read sad stories in the news sometimes, just and even one life makes a news story. One life, I, you know, my I saw something that happened, a very sad story in the news last night, and I was just praying for this family, praying for this young child and that, that was lost in the story. And it, it just broke my heart so much. And we see how much we value just one life. As Christians, we've, we've come to learn how to value one life so much. And imagine if your testimony can save just one life. Think about that. That you're going to be, because I think about people who spoke into my life as a child and younger and things I heard people say, and they still resonate with me to this day. Things I heard from, from being seven or eight or six or five or whatever. I still remember them to this day. And imagine if you can, your testimony can be that thing that resonates in somebody's mind for the next 30 years, 40 years. We're meant to use what we've been through to push people closer to God. That's what it all is. And that's how God transforms and removes the legacy of the pain that we went through, of the hurt, of the trauma. It removes the legacy that was there by worldly standards and transforms it for his good when we can take those things and we can use it to guide it and to push people closer to God. And we always got to remember that and what we've been through. So if you were an addict when you're younger, praise God because you're not anymore and you're going to help somebody. And that and that's where you're called to. And if you were uh, an alcoholic or you were promiscuous or any of these things and you survived those lifestyles and you made it, praise God because he's using you to help somebody that's currently in trapped, that's currently struggling right now. Because all the things that I struggled with, I now mentor young men who are struggling in those areas. Everything that I went through, all, all of it. Like it, It's like when they're talking to me on the phone or I'm sitting down getting food with them. or It's like they're telling me my life back when they're telling me what they're going through. And, and I see now, like, Lord, I understand why you had me go through it because I'm meant to help them. Even financially, I, I have guys that will ask me, like, hey, how, did you, how do you budget? How do you do this? How do you... You know, how'd you get into your career? How do you, and, and I just sit there and I talk with how God did everything and I did nothing. And so in our weakness, we, he's stronger. We see that he was God and that's what we're meant to do. We're meant to stand here in the gap and we're meant to testify and to talk about the power. I mean, testimony is the most powerful ministry. I've given people prophetic words that were, there was no way that's that anybody in the world could have known the words that God told me to tell them. 
and then I've seen a month or two later those people go right back to something. I've walked in discernment and told stuff, people stuff from their past and their child, childhood that no one could have known, and I've seen them go right back in, into that stuff. But a testimony shows somebody that there's hope, that there's proof that they can make it out of their situation. The testimony and relationship are the things that show people that God is real, that he has done it, and he can do it again. So don't underestimate a testimony. Don't underestimate your testimony because I value one life. I, I've brought one life into this world. I, I know how important one life is. I watch that one life eat her food and watch, you know, Pixar movies. And I value that one life. And somebody values the life that God has placed in, 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 in your path. Somebody loves that young man, that young woman, that coworker, your husband, your wife, whoever it is that God has placed you in. Okay? Don't worry about the Facebook ministry and the Declare Victory and all those. God will work all those out. The Declare Victory has been thriving for years. The Declare Victory is going to thrive for more years. Even if everybody quit today, God would bring 30 more people on the team tomorrow. He's just what he does. It's his ministry. It's not any of ours. Okay, but we need to focus on the little things, the people he's placed in our life now, your coworker, the per you know that person that you see at the mailbox at your apartment complex? Every time they always are there, like why are they always there when you're there getting mail? That's the person God wants you interceding for. That that freeway that you avoid that freeway because it's always congested and there's always uh defensive drivers on it, that's the freeway God wants you to be praying for. He wants you to be praying for the drivers that are on that freeway. That one neighborhood, whatever it is, that one coworker that just always irritates you. They always have an attitude for everything. You can't even ask. You don't even want to ask them for anything because you know they have an attitude. Guess who you're supposed to be interceding for? You know, we're, we, I hate to say it, guys, but we're, you know, we are the sacrifice. You know, he's the fire. You know, so we got to go into that and we got to know that he's going to use us to provide for people. He's going to, I mean, there's some of you on the call right now, your calling is to generate wealth. Like you have a blessing in business and industry and negotiation because you're meant to, to create wealth because God wants you to buy houses for halfway homes and for people who are recovering or people who are getting out of prison who need to get on their feet or, you know, like he wants you to financially help families with rent and their phone bill and all those things. And he gave you the ability to generate wealth. There's people on here where you have a calling to praying and interceding for healing long-term, where if somebody has cancer, you're meant to, in the, in the secret, in the shadows, be interceding for them and fasting for them for six months to get healed because nobody is gonna, nobody else is going to do that, but God wants you to do it, and he's called you to do it because you're an intercessor. There's people on here that you have been called to the medical field. There's people on here you have been called to the service industry, and to you, you might be thinking, this is just a holdover job. But God's saying, no, this is a place where I'm going to maximize what I've put inside of you. In your lifetime, I'm going to reach thousands of people that you interact with every day on public transit because this is where I have you right now. I used to pray for, I used to pray for people to take in the bus, and I knew that that's, God, that's where he put me. I've prayed for people in traffic because I was in the area of traffic for three hours a day. You know what I mean? And I would just look at the cars next to me and be interceding and say, God, show me what that person's going through. And then when I would forget to do it, he'd have somebody cut me off. So I remembered to be praying for somebody. And I love how he does little reminders like that. But, um, you know, that's what I'm saying. Your life is valuable beyond what you can understand. One life 
is so valuable. Your life is valuable. And to us that have lost someone, we really know the value of life. If you have lost somebody or a child or a loved one or somebody who it hurt losing them or even the idea of losing somebody right now, you know the value of a life then. You absolutely know the value of life. So imagine how God feels. Imagine what God's business is towards each one of us. So I want to encourage you today. I really want to encourage you today. Go forward and don't shut up. Like be a motor mouth for God. They used to call me a motor mouth when I was a kid because I just would not shut up and I had questions and I talked and I was a little bookworm. I was a nerd. I had my polo tucked into my khakis and my hair slicked back. And I used to be like, did you know that a hippopotamus traveling? And like, I had all these facts. I just never shut up. You need to be like that for, for God. Don't shut up about God. And you don't even need to be talking scripture or Bible all the time. Just love on somebody where they're at. I have, I have relationships and friendships right now where all I do is talk with them about football. All I do is I talk about one friend, older gentleman, I'll reach out to him once a week or something. And we'll just talk about one thing. And God is so honored in that. And God is blessed in that friendship. And it's a friendship of honor. It's a friendship of, of uh, creating a culture of honor. You know, God uses everything inside of you because you're contagious as a Christian. Everything you touch is going to have God's fingerprint on it. Every person you say hi to, every file you, you open up and click on at work, every email you respond to at work, every messaging system that you use at work, you're going to transmit God's love through everything you do. So I hope that... I hope that you guys are encouraged by today's message. I, I was very much blessed and encouraged by everybody's testimonies. Um, I'm so thankful. I'm just so thankful for each and every one of you and each and every one of you that shared. You have blessed me so much today. So thank, thank you, everybody. Thanks, guys, for, for hanging in there with me. I know it was a long message today for a heart share, and I know that we went over by like 30 or 40 minutes on the Love Life Victory, but, you know, it is what it is. But um, Thank you, guys. So I'm going to close this out in prayer, okay? Lord, I, Don't forget I thank you. Email. Oh, yes. Also, um, to those of you who have a question, maybe you want to reach out, say hi. My email is M-O-S-E-S, Moses. If you need a reference for how to spell that, you all have a Bible. Last name is Abrego, A-B-R-E-G-O, at gmail.com. You can go ahead and shoot me an email there. Um, I'm, I get email just like I get text, so, you know, but also I apologize if it gets lost in there or anything like that, but thank you uh, in advance for that, and thank Please you again to everybody. Okay, real quick, the email is M-O-S-E-S-A-B-R-E-G-O at gmail.com. So, all right, I'm going to get into it, guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's get into it. Um, Father, I just thank you, Lord. I I thank you for for what you've done today, for uh, emboldening us today, Lord, for giving us hope today. Father, I thank you, Father, for for just giving us strength today, Lord, for, for just showing us who you are, Lord, showing us the beauty of, of who you've designed us to be. I thank you for the testimonies, Lord, even though they're hard. They're very difficult, and sometimes they hurt, and it's hard to talk about them sometimes, but I know that in each one of them, and every time we talk about it, the enemy gets smaller and smaller and smaller, 
So by the end, when it's all done and said in the, in the end, is going to be microscopic because we squashed him with our testimonies, with everything that we went through, Lord. And it's about you. And it all comes back to you. And it all comes back to your love. So I thank you, Father. I ask that you're with each one of us. I want to lift up the prayer requests. And I want to lift up all the prayer requests that are in our hearts right now that we didn't talk about. All of us that are pulling in for someone, that are hoping, that are praying right now. Lord, I just want to pray for that. Father, I want to pray for the families. I want to pray for financial situations right now. Um, I want to just declare in Jesus' name just an, an end to this pandemic, Lord, that, that we cannot get, that I pray that we don't get back to life like regular. I pray that we come back stronger, Lord, that we're thankful that we have life, that, that some of us lost family. We lost four family members during this pandemic, Lord, that some of us are coming back on the other side of this thankful for our life, thankful that we were safe, thankful that, that you provided. And for those of us who, um, who were affected, but Lord, I want to pray the peace that transcends all understanding. And for anybody who has lost a loved one or has had a loved one in the hospital this year, um, man, I know what that feels like. I'm right there. Um, Lord, I want to just pray for that peace that transcends all understanding. I know that in the times where I've lost people or had loved ones in the hospital during scares, Lord, that you've always given me a peace that transcends any fear, that transcends any sorrow, that transcends anything. It has always been a peace that I could not understand, that peace that I was, I just could not even explain. Lord, I pray for that, for those who are struggling right now, that same peace you gave me, Father. And I thank you that I experienced it so that I could speak on it, so that I can describe that kind of peace, Lord. And I thank you. So I, I ask that you just be with each one of us, give us guidance, discernment in our hearts, Lord, to make the right decisions where you need us to be, to know when a no is better than a yes and when a yes is better than a no, Father. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for calling in today. And um, yeah, just have a great weekend, guys. Amen. Have a blessed day, everyone. Have a great day, everyone. Have a blessed day, everyone. Amen. Have a blessed day, everybody. Love, sir. God bless you, everyone.